You're listening to Got Tech, the podcast with your hosts, Eric Geis and Nick Johnson. Welcome back to Got Tech, the podcast. This is episode 92 called 20 EdTech Tools for the 21-22 school year. In this episode, we'll share 20 of our favorite EdTech tools that are on the market today and talk about how we plan on using them this fall. We'll also share a great new way for you to try out the premium or pro versions of these awesome tools at heavily discounted prices. This is another episode you don't want to miss. Check it out. We are back, episode 92. This is probably our last one before we get kicked into the new school year, at least for the teacher professional development. And today we have a pretty awesome summer update. We've been doing these summer updates before every episode, trying to tell you a little bit about what we've been up to. And one thing that you probably notice is we're not kicking out as many blogs as what you used to. And we kind of took a hiatus from the YouTube channel as well for a couple of reasons. The first reason is we just needed some time to decompress. Uh, as tech coaches, we both have been pretty much ran down since March of 2020. And that's to go without saying, you know, we all know the reason why for that. But another thing that we've been trying to tackle uh, both uh, Nick, myself, and also with the help of our our buddy and uh, friend, Kyle Nemus, we've been trying to tackle this problem that we hear all the time as tech coaches. What is the problem? Well, the problem is during the school year, teachers want to try new things. They want to try ed tech tools, and they get a certain amount of time to do that. Most of the times in our school day, we have a prep period, which was often interrupted, we have a lunch, which we often don't take, and uh, before and after school gets tied up by prepping our courses. So when we click subscribe to this new ed tech tool and we get a two-week trial of it, we often see that that two-week really comes down to a couple hours to play around with it. And one of the biggest uh, problems that we hear is we wish we had more time with the free trial. So Nick, Kyle and myself, we sat down and we wanted to come up with a solution for this. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about 20 different ed tech tools that we're super excited about for the 2021-2022 school year. Yeah. So if you're listening to these 20 tools and they sound like they might be something you're interested in, which I can guarantee there's something for everybody on this list. These are really great tools vetted by us. We've seen teachers use them or we've used them ourselves and we're hopefully going to sort of prove that to you as we go through them. But if you like the sound of these things and you want to try them out and you want to try them out for a longer period of time, in other words, when you go to sign up for that pro plan to use the full range of features for the tool and it gives you a month, uh, say, for free before you start having to pay, if you need more than that month, that's pretty much what we're saying here. Uh, we we kind of came up with our own solution to this problem, and we're going to sort of leave it at that for now. We don't want to talk too much about it. Uh, we want the focus to be on the tools themselves, but definitely listen uh, to the very end of the episode where you can find out how to gain access to the premium and pro versions for these tools for much longer periods of time at extremely discounted prices, and we'll reveal that at the end of the episode. 
You can follow Got Teched outside the podcast at gottech.com or on Twitter at We Got Teched. Yeah, every year we do this. We uh, talk about 10 to 20 tools that we're really pumped about for the school year. This year, I think we have an awesome set of 20, uh, most of them which uh, have not come up before. But I think we're ready to get into it. So why don't you start us off with... uh, our first tool. Yeah, it always one of my favorite episodes is to just kind of blitz out uh, all these new things that we've learned about and we want to try. This is an awesome list. Uh, the first one is called Bamboozle. That's uh, Bamboozle with two A's, and you can find that at bamboozle.com. This is another game-based learning platform, and we give you guys lots of these things we know, uh, but I think this uh, space is one that works for as many different platforms and websites as you can have, and this is another awesome one. Uh, with Bamboozle, you can, of course, gamify your classroom. You go there. It's a really easy-to-use EdTech tool. It lets you create your own game if you want. They also have some sort of preloaded specific content where you can choose a game. I think they said there's like, I mean, upwards of, I think, 450,000 existing games that are right there, ready for you to use. So if you're tired of Kahoot, um, maybe you've moved on to some other ones like uh, GimKit or BlookIt, and you're feeling tired of those two, we've got the next one lined up for you guys, and that's Bamboozle with two A's. Uh, what do you think about this tool, guys? You know, I'm down with any tool that's going to gamify it, and this one is very simple to use. Uh, if you don't want any prep, you could use an already existing game, but if you do want to customize it to your own content, you could easily do that. So. I'm down with Bamboozle. One thing I really like is it fits in nicely with these games can be set up for like a question of the day or some type of an intro part of the lesson where maybe they review something from the day before. You could do it as an out, like an exit ticket or an outro to the lesson, such as homework, something like that. Uh, You could also fit these uh, activities right into a choice board. definitely fits as uh, qualitative. Um, you can get your qualitative feedback pretty instantly there, and it is a formative assessment. So I think Bamboozle is awesome. I urge anyone to go check that one out. I want to also add that it works really great for in-classroom play that is mixed with students that might be online. And I know it's a very mixed, uh, varied type of classroom world we're going into this particular school year with uh the COVID virus the way it is. So if that's a scenario that you might be looking at, uh, I think Bamboozle might work really well. I'll jump into the second one too. This is this is an old favorite. We love talking about it though, Classroom Q. Um, if you have not heard us talk about Classroom Q before, it's really great. It's a digital hand raising tool. Um, so you can imagine a bunch of kids raising their hands all at once. You can't get to all of them obviously because it's just one of you. Um, and you lose kids, right? They put their hands down and then you're going to forget that they ever even had their hands up. So you can't help them. But with Classroom Q and, and the digital hand raising tool aspect, they just click a button on a website or on their phone. And when they click, their name gets added to a queue and you can read that and sort of revisit it without ever missing a student that was ready to ask a question. We love this tool and it's got tons of uses. Um, what did I miss there for Classroom Q? Yeah, Classroom Q is another great one. I like to find ways that I could use this tool that is not just for hand raising. I like putting students into groups, and I like using this tool uh, to 
be a kind of progress checker for the group. I assign one captain for each one of the uh, groups or teams. And if I give them seven different activities to do, it's like a station rotation, they can put into the queue what they have completed. So not only is it for hand raising, it's also for that. And remember, if you're getting uh, scored on the Danielson rubric, this tool will help you get a lot of fours because if students are answering other students' questions, helping them out, then uh, that is a four in uh, several different categories. So this is definitely one that you want in the back pocket. It's very easy to use. Uh, once again, you know, super enthused about this tool. I use it often in my class. Yeah, it also fits this category that we like to bring up that uh, it's a tool that does one thing and does it really well. It's a digital hand raising tool. That's what it does. And, and it could not be simpler to use. There's no signups or anything. It's, it's just awesome uh, at, at this thing that it does. And it does it super well. The third tool on our list is called Book Creator. It's probably my favorite name of any tool because that is exactly what it is, too. It's a book creator. Um, it's a really simple online way to make digital books, actual books that can get actually published electronically. That's my, one of my favorite things about this. So, uh, you know, your students log in and they can combine whatever text and images, even audio and video. That's one of my favorite parts about it, too. If you've got a, a video clip, you can make that part of your book um, to create these interactive stories, let's just call them. And this is it's awesome for me because you know this can be used for so many things i know they call it book creator but any type of project you do in your class um, let's just in general say digital portfolios of any type um, you can do that with book creator and sort of tell the kids that hey guys you know typically we've done this as a research report we're changing it up we're going to use bookcreator.com and, and it just sort of opens up this whole new world of what these projects can be. So this is this is an awesome one, right? I know you're a fan of this too. Yeah, I'm a big fan of this one. Last year for the first couple units of AP Bio, I did um, interactive notebooks using Google Slides. It was awesome, it was a little clunky. The students really uh, didn't care for it because it was super hard to transpose information onto the Google slide, make it look right. So we tried this with the last unit, a student actually brought this up where we use Book Creator for those digital portfolios. And what we did is we took all of our labs that we did in AP Bio and some of our other major projects, we put them into Book Creator and we allowed students to basically use it as a scrapbook where they, they said, okay, this lab was used to teach these standards and then they made several different ties between uh, you know, the evolution unit versus the microbiology portion versus overall ties of the whole course. And they had it all in one spot. So before they took the AP test, they could go back, they could see everything. And what was awesome is they started sharing their books with the other students. So maybe they got a different perspective. I would have them share their book uh, with two other students, they would read over it. Maybe they identify some misconceptions that the other students made. They were providing feedback. Uh, book Creator has several different uses. And once again, it's very easy to use in the classroom, just like the previous tools that we mentioned. So 
that's what we want. We want tools that do things extremely well and that are simple to use. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the, the science use of this because I know for me as a science teacher, I hear book creator and I kind of turn away. But I mean, lab reports, why not do it in something like book creator? I think you can get really creative with stuff like that. The, the next tool is called Explain Everything. This is a, one of my old school favorites. I used to use this before we got into other screencasting tools to record videos. Um, but really, it's kind of grown into what is now just a, a collaborative whiteboard platform. So, you know, digital version of a whiteboard where I'm writing on my phone or a tablet or my computer with a stylus uh, on a, a whiteboard. And my students can see that live or it can record that. And that's what I used to use it for. It can record that so they can hear my voice kind of narrating what I'm writing and sort of some of the newer additions to explain everything. If you're familiar, you can add in your own drawings, of course, but you can add in images as well, videos too. So you can actually pull in a video as part of your whiteboard space, uh, even documents that now become part of the whiteboard space. It's really cool. Uh, once those things are there, you can annotate them, record this whole process and, and kind of share those ideas out. So anybody involved in, you know, flipped classroom or if you're dealing with maybe a remote or hybrid scenario, explain everything is definitely one worth uh, checking out. This, this maybe is one of my top favorite tools that I don't think we've ever brought up before. So I'm pretty happy to introduce that today. Yeah, this this tool has a lot of functionality. And once again, it's it's very easy to use. One thing I really like about this is it's kind of a spot where you could put a lot of different things and you might be on this, uh, use this resource for maybe a week or two. And you could have several different things there organized in a way that it makes sense and that students can make connections. And really that's what the struggle is, uh, especially uh, that I see in some of the high school classes is making connections between not only the topics in one particular unit, but maybe in several units or several chapters. And I think explain every everything is something that can definitely be that bridge as we start bringing kids back full time. I thought we were going to be back full time this fall. I'm not 100% sure that everyone's going to be on that level this fall. Uh, so this is definitely a tool that will not only can you use in this hybrid setting, but you could also use it when we come back to 100% in person if we get to that point. Yeah, that's a great point and explain everything. And it's just an awesome tool. So you definitely want to check it out. Um, this next one, because I am not a language teacher and I'm pretty sure guys, you'll be in the same boat. Uh, we're not super familiar with actually using it, but I know other teachers who have and they're, and they say it's great. And the, I'm also not a hundred percent on the pronunciation, but I'm going to do my best. It's called extempore. Um, e X T E M P O R E extempore. And if there's a different way to say that, I'm sorry, extempore, uh, crew, you can write in and tell me about it. Um, but this is, it's, it's great. So if you are a world language teacher, this is an oral assessment tool that you definitely want to have. I know when we go through the, the world language hallway in our school, um, it's constantly full of teachers having to leave their classroom and sit in the hallway one-on-one -on -one with students. And I can only imagine that that takes up a lot of time uh, because then you are tied up with just that one student leaving the rest of the class to hopefully be working on something. But I think Extempore kind of solves that problem. So you can imagine uh, going to their website and 
you can sort of set these activities for students, um, whatever that activity or prompt might be, and then the students log in and it, it records them speaking their response so that you don't have to do this one-on-one -on -one, face to face. There's different parameters you can set, like amount of time that it's going to accept and different things like that, uh, depending on whatever their learning objectives are. So I, I, I think just on a time saving and a scheduling basis, this sounds uh, like a no brainer to me. So language teachers, this is one you, you definitely want to check out. Yeah, I agree with everything that you said there. And I will tell you that world language teachers um, have such a daunting task at assessing students in a, you know, a small allotted amount of time. And it's a very hard, especially if you have open classrooms or a lot of our world language uh, classrooms, they're, they're 30 kids, 30 plus kids. The classroom sizes are larger and things like that. And I think that this tool, except extempore is that tool that really helps solidify their curriculum and makes it doable. I mean, it's hard to make something doable with that many kids in a classroom, but this is one tool that our world language teachers are very excited about and that they use in the classroom. And that's actually how uh, this tool came on our radar was through the recommendation of uh, our world language teachers making it because I, I was curious as to what they used. I knew that they had this problem in years past and over the last couple of years, it's or not the last couple of years, but over remote uh, teaching and hybrid learning, they really brought this uh, tool to the front light and shared it with us so we could help some of our other world language teachers and in, in, uh, across our district and within other districts to I'm familiar with this tool. Yep, definitely an awesome one. And, and so is the next one too. I think this is sort of a diamond in the rough that I haven't heard a lot about, but I, I would expect to because I really like what they're doing. It's called Floop, F-L-O-O-P. Um, this is an annotation uh, feedback tool. And I know we have lots of these out there today. One of them we'll bring up later uh, is another one of the best tools out there today that a teacher can use. And um, you'll know it when we get to it. But Floop is really great at sort of acknowledging a problem with feedback, which is and they specifically sort of gear this, I think, towards math and science teachers where, you know, the feedback you can give as a teacher is often complex in what you're correcting or what you're helping the students with. And the students may not get that feedback in a timely manner. That's their main thing is if a kid gives me or say, I don't know, I collect 60 worksheets of some rather complex chemistry work or math problems, it's going to take me a while, a few days if I'm fast, maybe a week or two to return those things. And by that point, they're not looking at that feedback. So, so Floop kind of aims to solve that problem um, where students are submitting work electronically in real time and you are seeing their work come in live and giving feedback on it also live that the students see uh, simultaneously. So it's almost like giving you the ability to sit down with a whole classroom of students uh, all at the same time and give really fast, meaningful feedback. So it basically collects images that the students submit, PDFs, Google Docs, whatever it is. Um, and then as the teacher, you can leave these text and audio comments that get pushed out live to them. And there's even like this, they call it, uh, I think the word is actionable, 
there's like a back and forth where you can sort of set different feedback as like, hey, you need to check in with me on this. Like, I need to know that you saw this particular comment and so forth. Um, I just think it's a great tool, uh, underutilized right now, and I expect to see more of Floop in the future for sure. Yeah, this is an awesome tool. When we think of feedback, it can't be linear. It has to be cyclic. It, it does. If it's linear, it goes from student to the teacher, back to the student, but that time could be spaced out and long. But this tool solves that problem because there are some times when we can't give instant feedback. It's not just a multiple choice test or it's not in a Kahoot, you know, answer. It's not something like that where at the end you can run a Scantron or something like that. In this case, we work on these complex problems. We're getting quicker feedback. I think on the site they say that it's four times faster. I would argue and say it's actually more than that because... You know, this is a system within a tool that if you get students used to the system, you know, this is something that they could check at the beginning of every class. Maybe there's like a five minute period where if students get a notification, they're working on their feedback point, whereas everyone else in the in the room is working on a question of the day or something like that. So you can differentiate uh, instruction a little bit there. But I like Floop. Uh, just because it keeps that communication lines open and it keeps learning going. And one thing I always like to say here is we have this punctuated equilibrium in learning uh, where there is small, quick uh, pieces of learning that goes on and then it just flattens out and there's a stale period where learning is lost a little bit. And that's the amount of time it takes for teachers to give feedback back to the students. But by having something that's going to be a little bit quicker, you're going to see these mass amounts of growth, these uh, short periods of quick growth happen and occur more often, more frequently without these big lulls in between. Yeah, I think you're. they actually have a term that uh, they use on the Fluke website. It's kind of like what you're describing. I think they, they call it uh, feedback literacy, which is just teaching kids like, you know, how to use feedback and, and just how important it is. And they miss that a lot of times because of these lulls, like you said, and how long it takes. And and I, I love that that's a part of the tool. So Flute, super awesome. Um, if you're looking for sort of a more all-encompassing tool, this next one, it seems like it's trying to do all this stuff all in one. It's called Go Think Tech. So this is a tool, like I said, it's trying to do a lot of stuff and it, it does a lot of those things really well. They're creating these they call them shared learning experiences uh, as within this teaching tool. Um, these shared learning experiences kind of give students an opportunity and a voice in your classroom that they might not otherwise have because of the electronic nature. Um, in a minute, I'm going to just list some of the things you can do with GoThinkTech. But even though there's all these different things, it actually is a very, um, a very simple interface that even uh, younger grade students, I think, could work with and, and even has a way that they can do some of the content creation themselves. So if all that sounds pretty vague, here's some of the specifics. Think of a class activity. You can run that most likely with Go Think Tech. So things like annotating a PDF that you send out to your students, uh, like a worksheet of some sort. Um, just a, a blank drawing canvas where you want to have them draw or write out some 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 work, show you how to solve a certain problem. 
uh, recording audio response is something that's coming up a lot more right now. Even even like polling the class, uh, you can sort of run all of these things through Go Think Tech. So sort of the opposite approach here than we've seen with some of the other tools. But like I said, very simple interface and and I think it's doing these things pretty well. So I'm very curious to see where Go Think Tech ends up in the future. Seems like it could be pretty important. Yeah, I like this one because a lot of times when we give students the same activity over and over and over again, it becomes a digital worksheet. You know, students were very overwhelmed with just having a worksheet every day to do. So what did we do? We made them we put them online, we made them a hyperdoc, we did this, we did that. Well, this tool gives you several different ways of getting content pushed across to, to students and it allows the student to make these as well. They could build their own flashcards. Uh, they can make their own word clouds, uh, things like that. So there's a whole bunch of little tools that just makes this uh, thing great. I think about it, a lot of us are pushing for student choice, well, now students have the choice to make many different things the best way that they can learn. So I think this is an awesome one. It's kind of like an a la carte of a whole bunch of different things where students can just go pick what they want to put on their plate. Yep. Um, so it's a great one. Um, also, Grammar Flip sort of, you know, more on a along specific lines, Grammar Flip, it's a grammar and writing platform. So if if you're going to run a classroom that does lots of writing and grammar, especially is a, is a part of that teaching, then you definitely want to check out Grammar Flip. It's got does a lot of the hard work for you with these built in video lessons focused on writing style and how to write better and perfecting that grammar, um, along with that formative assessments to sort of help students correct their grammar and their writing before they submit that final work to you. Um, I love this because it works in any kind of classroom, whether you're running sort of a traditional classroom or, or blended. They've got the video lessons that work well for that. And so that flipped classroom setting. Uh, so Grammar Flip is, is just a, a great tool for a very specific purpose. But again, one that does it does it really super well. Yeah, I wish I had this tool before I did my dissertation, <laughs> yeah. because after looking at this tool and kind of working through uh, a couple of the different lessons that they have on there, I could really have used that refresher. And I can tell you firsthand being a, uh, not only a tech coach, but a media specialist in our district, that research is not something that comes easy to students. And along with research is writing what they, they research. Uh, and I know that it's tough. So something like Grammar Flip, you know, once again, you start with, you have to do one of these lessons independently on your own per week throughout the school year. Think about how many lessons that students are doing. And it's it's not going to take, you know, it's a monumental amount of time. So really it's it's keeping them sharp. It's, it's teaching them, you know, some of the things that students struggle on with grammar. So I, I love this one. I love the uh, play on flip at the end. So I'm guessing that has to do with the flip classroom. I love uh, everything about that. So check out Grammar Flip. This next one is one of my faves, especially as a, as a tech coach. We spend a lot of time making tutorials and how-to videos, and that can get a little bit tedious. Um, it's called IORAD, I-O-R-A-D. So if you've ever made any kind of tutorial, tech coach, 
uh, or tech coaches out there, this is one for you. Uh, even as a teacher, a lot of the, you know, directions that I write for my students involving the educational technology that I use, there's some training there. So you might even need this tutorial creator for your students. So instead of recording maybe a complex video and editing it and you're screwing up because you have to redo the thing, uh, the video a bunch of times, uh, IOREd instead, once you activate it, all you do is basically click. So you, you go to the website where you're trying to build a tutorial for or show people how to use this, this anything on your computer, really. And as you click and show the directions of what to do and when or how to use the tool, uh, it's automatically capturing images of those clicks. And it's building a set of step-by-step -step directions with pictures of what you clicked for you. Um, they describe it as here's how easy it is. Simply interact with a website, which means browse, click, type um, as you normally would. You're not doing anything special. There's no video recording. And IORED is capturing and identifying every single one of those actions and automatically puts together the tutorial for you. So that if that doesn't sell you right there, I don't know what does. So I know I personally have used several different ed tech tools that does something similar to IORAD, but IORAD is definitely my favorite of all those. It's just such a simple tool to use. And the fact that we get people on the other end that are taking these tutorials and able to work um, asynchronously with a tool or whatever program that we need them to fill out or do or whatever steps we need them to do, and they're happy about it, and, and they're thanking us for that. I mean, all those kudos go to IORAD because it's a lot of times I warm up with my PDs. I go through them exactly the way that I want to perform them. Well, guess what? When I practice now, I have something that I could actually use as a handout or a resource for the teachers as I go through that professional development. So I, I can't say enough um positive things about IORAD and the simplicity of the tool. The next one we, we've talked a lot about. Um, I, I mentioned it earlier when we were going through Floop as a feedback tool. Uh, this is the one that I was referring to then. It's called Mote, M-O-T-E. Essentially, it makes your, your Google Docs slide sheets uh, commenting way faster um, by adding an extension to your Chrome browser where you can leave audio you just talk and it captures that audio and, and it lets you get that feedback out to the kids way, way faster. And guys, you're the expert here. So I'm just going to throw it to you to talk briefly about Moat and just how and we've had teachers literally refer to this after, I don't know, 20 minutes of a PD session that we've run, refer to this as a, a game changer for their classroom, literally. Uh, so you, you can take it away and talk about some of the great stuff that Moat can do. Well, I think one of the things I have to mention here is they're so open for teacher feedback. Uh, go on Twitter and find Moat uh, and, and definitely reach out. As you're using this tool or after you've used it for a while, if there's suggestions that you want to make, they're very active on Twitter. And what I love about this tool is it seems like every month they're coming out with a new feature that is next level. I know recently they came out with um, well, let's start with the basics of uh, docs, slides, sheets. You can you can use Moat on all of those, okay? And there are so many different levels to Moat where you can use 
they have transcriptions. So you verbally say stuff in English and it will transcribe uh, that into whatever language you pick. They have so many different languages there. So that solves a problem of, you know, a language barrier. Maybe it's between you and a student or you and a teacher or you and a parent. We have no clue, but we now have this as a tool. They also have um, canned comments. Uh, what is equivalent to canned comments? Uh, so if you're doing some type of a lab and you realize that the groups are making the same mistake over and over and over again, for example, uh, if someone's writing their hypothesis and we want an if-then statement and they don't put if-then in there, you can just make one generic uh, you know, voice comment just saying, hey, you forgot to do if-then statement for the hypothesis. You could do that. So there are several different things there. Uh, that was called the moat book. By the way, it came comments as notebook. You could also use moat across uh, websites uh, that are found in Chrome. Uh, they also made it a part of Gmail now, where you can use moat to leave voice messages instead of, uh, you know, you're typing out everything. That saves tons and tons of time. And they recently just came out with uh, a phone app. So you can go and if you're riding a train or public transportation or something like that, or you're a, I don't know, a detention proctor, and you have some time and you want to look over some papers and give feedback while you're waiting on your son or daughter to finish their, you know, football practice or dance uh, rehearsal or something like that. Now you got moat on the go straight from your phone. So several different uses. There's a lot of good stuff here. Just go check it out. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome extension. Uh, next up, we've got Parlay, P-A-R-L-A-Y. Uh, this would help any teacher out there like me who struggles with classroom discussions more than anything else. Um, it's, it it does kind of does that for you. So it's, a, it's an interactive online discussion platform. Uh, you can use it with a group of students that are in class in front of you. You can also use it uh, online, sort of uh, uh, asynchronous teaching as well. And it just sort of helps you build that classroom community. It's got like recommended prompts sort of built in to help you guide that discussion process. Um, very student driven. So very sort of building that classroom community to let the students have some agency over what they're saying and interacting with each other. I believe this is one of the hardest things to do as a teacher and Parlay kind of aids you in that process. So I am really excited to do some more investigating into Parlay to see how this can sort of help me grow this one area of my practice that I know is lacking. Yeah, discussions are very tough. Asking the right questions that aren't going to give students answers outright is another tough one. And it seems like this platform kind of molds those two things together and really helps you help your students put the best foot forward in our discussions. Uh, I know that you said that you're very uncomfortable or this is one of the hardest things for you. And guess what? They offer free PD for teachers who may be uncomfortable for teaching with discussion. And it is tough, but I will tell you this step is definitely worth it because if you could get students talking about content in a way that it's more than just regurgitating memorization. 
if they're working with the content through discussion, that's next level. And they're going to remember that and retain that information. So check out Parlay, another awesome tool. Next, we've got Pear Deck, maybe the most well-known tool on our list of 20 today. And that might be one of the reasons we don't bring it up a whole lot, but it, it is an awesome tool. If you don't know about Pear Deck, you just imagine presenting from a Google slide in class and it sort of lets you instantly see what your kids are confused about, what they're understanding and what they're not uh, individually, which students need to maybe have you go a little bit faster, what they need, students need to just slow down. Um, a lot of this is done through formative assessments and polling, uh, like interactive questions that are built directly into the presentation itself. So this is a huge need for teachers and Pear Deck, I think has met that need perfectly. They've been around for a while, and like I said, I know a lot of teachers use this, but it definitely deserves to be mentioned here because it, it really is great at what it does. Yeah, it does a lot of awesome things within the lesson, and it checks for understanding. And it, not only that, when we were in our hybrid and fully remote, you know, portion of last year, you know, with with uh, Pear Deck, it allows you to also see who's actually actively participating. It's helping students be active in the lesson. And that's really, really challenging when they have all the distractions at home. But if you make it, if you make the lesson interesting enough that they want to actively stay engaged in that lesson through the different multiple choice check-ins, through the different drawing check-ins, things like that, that you can have in Pear Deck. Uh, in with your Google Slides or whatever your pre presentation may be. I think that is a game changer, especially for the time that we're at right now, whether or not we're remote, in-person, or some type of blend between the two. Uh, Pear Deck is definitely a tool that you will want in your EdTech toolkit. Yeah, because the students, they're no longer just listening to you. They're they're part of it. They're responding and letting you know what they need in a much more relaxed way for them. So it's, it's a great one. Um, so is the next one. It's called PeerGrade. PeerGrade is kind of like uh, Parlay. Remember I said Parlay. It helps me sort of conduct those discussions because that's really hard. Here's something else that's really hard. Facilitating quality peer feedback. Um, it's not hard to do peer feedback. You can sort of set that up anytime you want, but it's hard to make it good and make it count. And peer grade really helps you with that. Uh, so really, you, you post an assignment just like you would with any number of tools, and the students submit their work into peer grade, and it automatically assigns uh, students to review other students' work, and there's a built-in back and forth that requires them to engage with specific feedback given by their peers. And as the teacher, you can watch and monitor this entire process electronically as it's happening, as it's happening. And I think that's really the piece that's missing. If I just put students in pairs around my room, I can only listen in to one or two groups at a time. With peer grade, I can see how they are responding electronically to each other's specific feedback on the work. I can see how many or how much feedback is being given. And that's sort of helps build that quality piece. So uh, if peer feedback is something you've been struggling with, peer grade, maybe that's uh, another one that you want to check out. So peer grade, a couple of very awesome things about that. First thing is it integrates with pretty much uh, all the main common LMSs uh, across the board. So that's going to cut down teacher time, uh, how much we have to prep. 
not only that is that we're working within one tool. We're not going out and working five, six, seven different tools for this. So I really like PeerGrade for that. But one thing in my head, I in most of my classes, I always have debates. I don't care what the class is. I'm thinking back to when I taught bioethics and we had debates. Well, I could easily see using this tool a little bit differently and having a debate. So the feedback section would be the rebuttal of the debate. So when the student turns it in, that's their argument. And then the feedback is the rebuttal to that argument. And you can go back and forth like that and almost have a uh, debate within this lesson, within this platform. So it's a little different use of this tool. But like I said, I always love trying to figure out the different ways that I could use a tool outside of what it's intended for. Yeah, it's it's that's a, a great idea, man. I didn't think about that. And so lots of different ways you can use PeerGrade. Um, this next one is a really unique tool. It's called Slip In Slide, S-L-I-P hyphen I-N. Pay attention to that part, Slip In Slide. So imagine your students have a Google slide. Each one has their own Google slide that you've given them with maybe a task or a reading or an embedded video. Um, with Slip and Slide, you can automatically insert, and that's the in part of the name, Slip and Slide. You can insert or kind of push out to them additional slides into the slides that they already have. So to sort of pace out what they are getting and when they're getting it, instead of just giving them a slide deck that's 60 slides long and maybe an entire unit's worth of material, you can sort of piecemeal that out and just send it to them little bits at a time. I like this because it's an application I never would have thought of something I never knew that I needed. And then when you I read about it, I'm like, yeah, I need that. And that's would really open up some doors to me. So slip and slide sounds great. And I haven't used it before. I'm, I'll be honest, but I, I am definitely going to try it out this year. And I know just from reading and looking into this, that you can push any number of slides out at a time too. So it doesn't have to just be individual. You can also sort of pick and choose which students get it to sort of help that, that self pacing. I love the idea of slip and slide, and this is something that's going to be part of my class, definitely just within the next few weeks. Yeah, this is one that is a tool that is very simple, and it's it does that simple task very, very well. And this is a great way, this is a great tool that's going to help me when I do miss out on something, easily solve that problem and push stuff out. So this is one that's going to save my tail more times than none. So I'm definitely pretty pumped about slip and slide. Yeah. And I think you'll like this next one too. It's called spindle spindle with two N's S P I N N D L E. Um, if you like student led projects so that as soon as I read that, I'm envisioning some type of passion project where students are picking what they want to research. Um, spindle is kind of like a platform to coordinate that. And that's one of the toughest things with these bigger, large scale products, right? Is coordinating who's doing what and when. Um, but Spindle does that for you. So they call themselves a co-learning space, which I really like for these student-led projects. Um, it, and it lets the students kind of share their work every step of the way, not only with you. And this is the cool part. It also lets them share their work with each other. Um, and it kind of pulls in, uh, you know, the student feedback part of this and activates a student's peers as, as a resource. So if you might see somebody is struggling with the same issue as you, Everybody can see what's happening with everybody else and who's who's where and who's stuck on what. And, and it lets the students kind of jump in and help each other out. Um, so what a, what a cool thing to build a tool around. And that's that's a spindle um, activating each other to help with these large scale products. So I'm really excited about spindle. 
if you're a teacher out there and you're working in any of the STEM fields, I think this is a tool that goes hand in hand with that. A lot of times students get overwhelmed when they see this big long project and a big due date at the end of the quarter or whatever, maybe it's the marking period, who knows, it could just be the whole semester. But with, with this tool, Spindle, you can help them get manageable steps that's going to, I don't know, maybe release some of that anxiety and that stress that this large project is going to do. Not only that, by creating these small steps, it allows them to get those minor victories before they get the big victory at the end. So this is definitely a tool that you'll want to check out, especially if you're working in some type of a STEM project, because I, I, I can't, this is a tool that I see that fits so well within that space. I mean, so well, it's, it's uncanny. Yeah, well, you can like see if somebody's stuck at a certain point that progress is is viewable by everybody and you can then sort of direct students to help each other out i think there's lots of great things that can come from this um this next tool is one of the ones i've been using for the longest it's called storyboard that and and again what it does is, is right in the name it's, it's an online tool so you go to the website and you can create storyboards you can think about them like comic books with different frames where you can add images um, this is great for students to work in because uh, they can design these things themselves and they've really branched out. So it's not just storyboards anymore. You can do infographics there. You can do graphic organizers there. Um, and they've got tons of, you know, sort of preloaded, uh, unique, diverse characters and images and scenes and different props you can include. And it, it lets the kids build a comic strip in a way that doesn't require them to be awesome artists. So I always throw this out there as like an option if I have some sort of a like an artistic storyboarding piece to a project. I know not every kid can't do that well. Um, so it's an option. Hey guys, if you can't draw, here's something else you can do. Check out storyboard that. So this is definitely one of my, my old school favorites and I'm excited that they're still out there and, and growing and expanding to do all this great new stuff too. Yeah, I, I like how you said when, when you have someone that's not artistic and it would take them a long time to do this, you're definitely pointing at me there. I saw that. But this tool <laughs> does level the playing field for those that aren't the artist. It definitely does that. But not only that is if I was a student in a class and I had to make a storyboard with full drawn out images and things like that, I would spend more time working on the art than I would with the content. And I think this this helps uh, keep the the time focused on the content rather than some of the extra special things that go with it. Now, those visual aids do help in learning. So you can't take that away, but it allows it to be more efficient. So definitely check out Storyboard that. Yeah, one of my favorites in, in the next, I guess there's a series of tools here uh, that are, are all kind of similar. So Storyboard that, you can make awesome uh, storyboards or comics. Uh, Sutori, S-U-T-O-R-I, is another really cool one. Uh, they call themselves a collaborative instruction and presentation tool. And we'll go through some specifics because that, that could mean a lot of things, right? But awesome for all age groups. We'll get that out there right off the bat. Um, they really seem to be pushing more towards social studies, history, uh, the English language arts areas. Um, but really any kind of multimedia 
assignment. If you want the kids to build something visual, uh, sort of pulling in that multimedia aspect, this is a really unique way that they can do it. So here's just a couple examples from that history and social studies area. Um, if, chances are, if you are that, uh, if you teach within that subject, you've had your students create a timeline before, you're going to want to try to jump into into Sutori and have them make that timeline through this uh, platform because I think it's really going to come alive, make that type of thing much more engaging. Um, this helps to kind of build out the, the inquiry-based aspect of these courses that aren't always paid attention to, and I think uh, uh, there's a lot more work that can happen there, and this really helps with that. Um, things like you know, galleries of maybe some sort of ancient civilizations work. I don't know, you can pull all this stuff together uh, for these uh, multimedia assignments done in Sutori, uh, a very interesting and creative tool that I think uh, could go lots of different places. Yeah, this is another one that takes uh, those real world experiences and allows students to have those in the classroom. We can't always go to these different museums and things like that across the world. But if we can find a clever, interactive way to bring them into the classroom through the use of this tool, I think that is going to help a lot of students gain the knowledge that, you know, they wouldn't typically get in a standard classroom. So I, I think this is an awesome tool that everyone should check out just for the value of giving your students real world experiences in a you know, in a different way, in a more localized way. And next we've got uh, VisMe or VisMe. I, we go back and forth all the time. Um, but whatever it's, uh, however you pronounce it, technically, this is another great online tool for infographics and presentations. Super professional stuff. They actually mostly advertise, I shouldn't say mostly, but a huge chunk of their sort of market is not even educators. They just want... You know, this is for the business world to create really professional, engaging stuff. And like many tools in the business world, they noticed there's lots of educators using this and they've really been building out that aspect. So, you know, you don't have to be a designer here to create something that looks really awesome. So infographics for your class, get your kids in there too to make their own graphics. Um, VisMe is, is one of my favorites. And if I wasn't so invested in some of the other tools we've shared recently, like Canva, uh, this is this is one that I would be using for sure because I know they've got some really awesome stuff that you can do. Yeah, for for this tool in particular, it is one of our creation tools. It's one tool that allows students to be content creators. And that is the name of the game for me. Uh, in the, my classes, I want students to be, you know, creators of content. I want them to work with the content and make a way to push it out so other people can benefit from that. And I feel like by doing that, this tool also gives, you know, the empowerment over to the student. And if students are empowered to do something that they feel is going to be a professional looking and be out there where other people can critique it, use it and provide feedback to it, I think that takes learning to the next level. It really gets them uh, to buy into the learning process a little bit more, that whole professional piece. And you're not going to be let down uh, using VisMe in that way. 
Yeah, it's and the kids get excited too because this this stuff, the graphics that they can create, they just look so awesome, and it, and it really builds in some uh, some ownership of what they're creating. So I love it. Um, the next one and almost the last one is called the Juice or Juice News, as I've seen it put sometimes. This is another, and there's a couple of tools out there that do this. This is one of the the best ones. It's a current events based learning platform. So if you've got a news story that you want your kids to read, you can sort of conduct that through the juice um, where it sort of breaks that down, chunks it into 10 to 20 minute reading segments. They can interact with the text, sort of get help with vocabulary as they go. This helps them practice with, uh, you know, the all important uh, digital literacy skills that we're trying to teach kids about these days and just how to read stuff online and know what's good and what's not good. As they read through these stories, you can build in questions. They have all sorts of questions pre-added to news stories for you. So if you're like, great, I have to find a story and link it to questions, you don't. They do a lot of the hard work for you there. Um, so the, the questions are automatically built in and, and you, all you have to do is push it out to your kids. So I love stuff like this and I wish I got to do more of it in my class. But uh, if, if and when I do, uh, the Juice News is, is a cool way that you can make this kind of thing happen. Yeah, I love the name. Uh, it's a good name. I, yeah, I love the name. Uh, first and foremost, but I will tell you this, anytime that we can find a tool that can be used with instruction and also to supplement instruction, meaning I, I guess it doesn't need to be related to the content, but it can be a conversation starter. It could be a warm up, something like that. I think this is a valuable tool in that, in that right. As a media specialist, I love the fact that these are pre-screened uh, current events. They don't need to guess whether or not it's fake news. They get to go in, they get the, I'm going to call it the goods. They get the goods. The juice gives them the goods. <laughs> and then they could dive into the goods and realize, you know, they can make some type of a logical connection to maybe the content or maybe something else that has come up. And I really enjoy that about this tool. So I'm definitely in favor of the juice. And last but not least, we've got Fluent Key. I like to think about Fluent Key as sort of like um, it's like the Ed Puzzle for language learners or language students. So um, you go in there; they've got tons of videos all built around learning world languages, and those videos already have interactive quizzes built in, uh, so you can help your students with you know training them on speaking the proper way and, and they get a lot of instant feedback from these questions too so being answering them correctly or incorrectly um, and, and their video catalog is up to the thousands at this point and growing all the time and, and again um, they've got a lot with pre-embedded questions you can do this yourself too so if you've got your own video maybe it's you you've got your own set of videos where you're speaking you can load those in there um, and and add your own embedded questions to them so fluent key I've now dubbed the Ed Puzzle for world language learners. I hope that's accurate, but that is that is what they do. So with this sort of video catalog, I, I think you nailed that one on the head. Just being able to be compatible with so many different platforms and and being able to be used in several different ways with an area of study that, in my opinion, don't have enough uh, resources as is. Uh, I think this is phenomenal. One thing I really like is that students can use this on their cell phones. And if they could use it on their cell phones, they could do this anywhere. 
So if they don't want to be uh, in class practicing on that, or if they don't want to be in a crowded area practicing that, and they want to go to a comfortable spot, maybe a bench on the park, and they want to do it there, they have that capability. And I think that's what separates Fluent Key from some of the other world language uh, recording tools and and things like that is that ability to be able to be in a safe place to promote learning. So those are our 20 tools. And if you've made it this long, that means that you, you listened to us and, and you took heed of our warning at the beginning of the show that said, stay tuned till the very end, because if one or hopefully more of these tools appeal to you and you want to go give, give it a try, uh, but you don't want to be locked into the one month of free premium or pro plan, whatever it is, before you start being forced into paying for it, we, we have... Uh, we have come up with sort of our own a, a new side project that I'll sort of just say is is a way, not necessarily around that, but a way to, to give you more time and a way to do that super cheaply without having to pay the typical pricing you would. So I'm going to intro it that way, and I'll if you don't mind, I'll kind of let you just get into the details of what I'm talking about here. Yeah, at the beginning of the show, we said that. As ed tech coaches, we hear that teachers don't have enough time to work with new tools uh, before the trial runs out. Uh, teachers want to work with new tools and they want to experience different things so they can see what works best for their classroom. And that's what we did with myedtechbundle.com. So as I said at the top of the show, Nick, uh, Kyle Nemus, and myself, we've been trying to come up with a solution to to these problems for a while and this summer, actually it's been longer than the summer, but we've finally launched myatechbundle.com. So teachers can go on there, they can bundle a whole bunch of these different tools. Right now we have it as individually if you want, uh, or you can bundle three, five, or 10 tools for less than $10. I mean, you can't beat that. You'll be able to, you'll get a code that you can redeem or there'll be different ways of accessing the tool. You'll go on, you'll activate it, you'll try it out for an extended period of time. And then after that, hopefully you find the value in these awesome tools and you decide which tools that you wanna ask your supervisor to you know, find room in the budget for, or if it's something that you like and, and you get your own budget or something like that, you can, by the membership or the premium access to that tool. But this is going to give you a little bit more time to practice, see what you like, test it out, and really lock down those tools into your EdTech toolkit that you want to be there. So I'll close it with a specific example. So let's say you listen to those 20 tools in Classroom Q, Moat, and Book Creator really stuck out to you. You can go to myedtechbundle.com. Um, we call it bundling, but essentially it lets you get access to the premium version to all of these tools uh, together uh, at a really discounted rate compared to what it would otherwise cost you to do that. I think uh, Classroom Q, as an example, when you sign up for their pro plan, you automatically get one month free. If you buy it through myatechbundle.com, 
you get three months of the pro plan, uh, not necessarily for free, but essentially free uh, because I think it works out to just a couple bucks and maybe even less than that um, to try it out. And then getting to sample these tools for longer periods of time, maybe actually build them into, you know, an extended project in your class. So you really know what is going to work for you and what you might want to pay for long term out of pocket or reach out to your supervisor and see if the district is going to cover it for you. So we think it actually kind of solves a bunch of problems here. And another one being getting to try a bunch of different tools at, at one time. And that's where the, the bundling piece comes in. So um, hopefully a couple of these or hopefully more than that jumped out at you. And, and hopefully my edtechbundle.com sounds like a, something you might want to check out to gain access to these as you get back into the, the upcoming school year. So we keep mentioning how how inexpensive it is. Uh, you could get three tools for $5. You could get five tools for $6. You could get 10 tools for $8. So as you can see, it's a very affordable way to go get extended trials to these tools. We hope that you check it out. We hope that you share it with your other teacher friends. Uh, and also, if you hear of an administrator that is looking for a way to I don't know, maybe get a little uh, camaraderie within your department. If you are an administrator or supervisor and you want to give uh, your teachers a, a gift around the holidays or something like that, here's an awesome gift that you can definitely hand out. But that's going to wrap up this episode of Got Tech, the podcast. This is episode 92. Uh, please, 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 if you find value in what we are providing Make sure you tell other teachers about our podcast. Leave us a review uh, on any of the podcast areas such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube. You can subscribe to all those. You can follow us on Twitter at We Got Teched or Nick Got Teched or Geist Got Teched. And you could also check out our YouTube channel where we update videos there on different tools and how-to videos as well. So until next time, go check out myatechbundle.com, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to Got Tech, the podcast. Remember to subscribe to our show and follow us at We Got Tech on Twitter so you can stay up to date with the latest episode releases, blog posts, product reviews, and PD announcements. You can also follow Geist and I individually at Geist Got Tech and at Nick Got Tech on Twitter or on Instagram at Nick Got Tech. Finally, remember to check out our website, gottech.com, where we post all our episodes, articles, and resources available to you for free. Until next time.